listening to Partners in Change with Bree Dodd and Christian Dawson. Hi, Partners in Change fam. Guest co-host Elizabeth Kluhart here stepping in for Bree Dodd. I am super excited to intro our newest episode with one of my favorite changemakers in RVA, Shannon Siriano Greenwood. During this episode, you're going to hear me fangirl on my experience in coming back to the Richmond area and meeting Shannon for the first time. Her dedication to creating, curating, and growing supportive communities is just so incredible. And the model that she's built for the Rebel community here in Richmond is branching out to other cities. So if you are a woman looking for accountability and growth with a supportive group of peers, I recommend checking out Swell by Rebel. She's going to talk a little bit more about that in the episode. And they are currently accepting applications for their fall 2021 cohort. So I personally am going to be working on my application today, and I hope to see you there. Without any further ado, we're glad to have you join us for this episode with Shannon Siriano Greenwood. Thanks for joining us today at Partners in Change, and we're extremely excited about our guest today, uh, Shannon Siriano Greenwood. Uh, I am really excited to meet you. I've never met you until like two seconds ago when we walked you up into the podcast booth at Common House. Thank you for being here. It's going to be great. I've got with me today Elizabeth Klukart, who is Open Eyes uh, senior uh, par- senior partner in the Richmond branch, and you're going to be talking with me today about uh, change in Richmond through the eyes of Shannon Siriano Greenwood. You were very excited about making sure that we brought in Shannon as a guest, and uh, I'm, I'm excited to hear why. I was, um, and I am. I I don't know, Shannon, if you remember this, you probably won't. Um, back in 2018, I had just relocated to Richmond. I'm from Virginia originally, had spent 10 years abroad, and went to a networking event at Startup Virginia. And we left at the same time. And we ended up in that beautiful glass elevator going down together. And you just enthusiastically engaged with me in that five floor ride down and, and asked me what I was interested in and what I was doing. And I was actively looking for a job at that point and like wanted to get involved in different ways. And I really believe in networking. Um, and so it was just such a beautiful moment for me and like very influential in my start back in, in Virginia and in Richmond. And you had recommended a couple of different platforms to check out to people to reach out to within like this five minutes of slowly (laughs) descending from that beautiful space at startup Virginia. Um, so from, from that perspective, I started following you. I went to my first RebelCon and I want, I would love to get into more about how you, actively approach community building because that even that small moment for me personally was really influential. So I'm super excited to have you here with us today. I do remember that. (laughs) I didn't put it together that that was you until you just told me that story. But I do remember that because I think I have lived in Richmond now 11 years and I pride myself on like knowing where the good place to eat is, knowing the secret businesses you've never heard of, knowing stuff. And it brings me so much joy to be able to introduce that to other people. I always say like a community builder is a title that I embrace and that I like put on my LinkedIn profile, but really what I am is a hype girl. (laughs) And I just like, when I discover something that I think is cool, I just want to tell everybody, whether that's a stranger in an elevator or a member of my community. And so 
That's so cool. What a great story. Oh, thanks. Yeah, no, I'm excited to have you here because I, I had the the pleasure of then being able to to dig in a little bit more in into what you were creating here in Richmond and and went to my first RebelCon that that fall and it it's just incredible. Was that 2018? 2018. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was a good one. That was a really good one. Good. Yeah. Okay, so RebelCon, but let's let's step back from there. Yeah. Let's, yeah. let's let's go ahead and you know you mentioned you've been in Richmond for. 11, 11 years. years. Yeah, I'm not from here originally, but 11 years, yeah. Okay, what brought you here? Uh, so originally a job. Um, back in the day, this will date me a little bit, I worked for a company that sold CDs, like the music kind, to big box retailers. So like our big clients were Circuit City and Kmart and Walmart. And so I moved to Richmond to manage the Virginia district, which was I literally, I lived here but I was rarely here. And I just like drove from like Walmart to Kmart to Best Buy, like all over the state of Virginia. But I met my now husband here at Starlight. Shout out the OG uh, Richmonders, if you know what Starlight <laughs> is. And, um, and then I got an opportunity to move to Arkansas, actually to work on the Walmart customer team. And I was wow. like, I don't really know that many people here. So like, what do I have to lose? And I packed it up and I moved to Arkansas. Then I moved back to my hometown, which is uh, Maryland. And my husband and I were just like, we don't like it here. This is not our vibe. Like what we should just quit our jobs and get the hell out of here. And I was like, great. Like I'm literally up for anything because we were so burnt out. And so we just like at dinner one night, like pinky swear that we would quit our jobs. And then the next day we were like, okay, now that we're like free, like where should we go? And he's like, what about back church? And I was like, sold. And even in that short amount of time, so it was probably like three and a half years since we had left and come back, everything was different. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it just keeps getting better and better and better. And so that's why we stay because we've got family and connections and stuff all over. We could kind of go wherever we want, but this is definitely where we chose to be. Oh, man. You know, I went to college in Richmond. And that was a while ago. Yeah. A while ago. Uh, but I tell all my friends who went to college with me, like, Richmond is so much cooler now yeah. than it was then. Not You've got to come city. and give it a chance. I've only been back for about two and a half years. And and man, do I love it. And I, I can't say the same thing about when I my first go around during college. Yeah. It's a different place. Yeah. And constantly evolving. And I think, you know, my experience of coming here from someplace else. There's a lot of that. I mean, there's still a lot of people that grew up here. They've got their family, their community, their networks. But there's a ton of people that are relocating here and relocating because they want to connect with people in a different way than wherever they're coming from. And especially if they're coming from like big cities and they're like, I just work and I drive and that's my life. I don't want that to be my life anymore. What do I want? Well, let me go to a place like Richmond and I'll figure it out. I like it. And that, that whole notion of this place constantly getting better, what we want to do in this podcast is talk to the people that are helping make it better and learn from them and learn for whether there's some grand vision for the city or anything like that, or just anything that people are doing every day to unpack and, and, and make this place a better, uh, a better city, even if it's just hyping the things that are great about it. Yeah, there's some, there's a, a good handful of us, and a lot of us know each other that are like the city's type people, I feel like, that like are 
the joy that we get is by highlighting all the cool stuff that's maybe undiscovered. Um, so yeah, no, I, that, that's my favorite thing to do. So when you did get back to Richmond, where, where did you start? I think I just joined a bunch of random networking groups. Honestly, I was like, I just want to meet people. I don't really know who I want to meet. I was like in this place in my career. And I was like, what do I even want to do? Like, I was burnt out living the DC Beltway life. And I was like, I just know I don't want to do that, but I don't really know what I want to do. So I just started going to stuff. I think at the time there was like a social media club of Richmond that was like basically like talked about Facebook, which is really funny to think about that now. Mm -hmm. Um, And just other like arts organizations. The thing that I really liked about Richmond is like any interest you have, like there was a club for that. I don't know if it's still as active, obviously with, um, just the changes in socializing over the last couple of years, but it was really like, I would go to stuff that like, I don't actually know if I have any interest in this. I'm just curious what people are talking about. And that kind of got, gave me a better understanding of the landscape of the city. And then I needed a job. Obviously I went on Craigslist and I found a job at the tobacco company restaurant, which is downtown Richmond. Oh, yeah. And that also was this awesome way that I met a ton of people. I worked there as the marketing director. And so a lot of organizations would have events there. Um, I got involved a lot with Richmond tourism. So I met a lot of people that were in the tourism space of like, how are they pitching Richmond to other places to send groups here and have conferences here and have events here. And so that was a really interesting way to meet people too, just through networking for my job. Basically, That's so interesting. And, and that place is so old school, like great, it's cool, an institution. Yeah. Well, the funny thing about the tobacco company, and if you are new to Richmond or you're not familiar with it, it's a restaurant and entertainment venue that was opened in the seventies. And it's got this really interesting, um, there's, there is a Facebook group called the Tobacco Company Refugees, and it's basically just, like, people that have worked there, which oh, wow. Tobacco Company is, like, Kevin Bacon in a city like Richmond. Like, everybody <laughs> knows somebody that's had some experience, whether, like, you had an event there, you that was the first bar you got kicked out of, like, you had a holiday party where things went awry. Like, the, everybody has a story that can tie you back to that. But that also was really helpful for me being new to town that, like, you don't know who I am, but like, you know what this is. And sure. so you, you already have like a way to relate to people in a way that's different than if you're just like new in town and like trying to figure it out. Oh, how cool. Mm-hmm. So how long did that, did that, uh, I was there for that? a long time, probably longer than I should have been, but, um, it was so fun to work there and the people there were just so great. So, um, I worked there full time, even when I opened my first business. So like my first dabble into entrepreneurship, I was still working full time at the tobacco company as their director of marketing and events. So maybe I left in 2018, like around the same time oh, wow. that you moved to town. Yeah, yeah. I was there for a long time. Wow. Yeah. And, and, and then what was your first business? Uh, so my first business was I opened a boutique cycling studio in the fan called boho cycle studio it was right at the beginning of the boutique fitness like boom is before it had gotten to richmond really because i remember pitching the idea to some of the local banks and even just local like business type of folks that i could get time with and they're like why would anyone pay to take a class when they can just join the gym which now i'm like 
well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so we were basically there was like two bar studios, a couple of yoga studios. We were the first mm-hmm. like boutique fitness, um, boutique experience for cycling specifically. So yeah, that was the first one. Mm, very exciting. Mm-hmm. And 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 we're familiar with that. We went to uh for a uh, team event just last week. Oh, there you go. There you go. The that's brand right. lives on. The brand lives on. My and first cycling experience. That's right. Thank you for bringing that to town. You're welcome. And then, uh, and then from there, let's let's continue <laughs> on our story. And then, no, so, um, well, then my story like gets kind of personal. So, I was still working full time, and I opened a studio, and we were open for like two months. And I found I was pregnant with my first baby, which was very exciting. But um, I was still like bringing that like northern northeastern vibe to things of like I can do everything and like I don't need to rest I don't need a break I can work full time and run a business and teach four cycling classes a week and grow a person and turns out (laughs) no you can't so anyone listening out there that thinks you can do all those things I strongly advise against it Um, because I essentially had a breakdown Um, I really struggled with postpartum depression on the other side of having my baby and I really had to reevaluate like what was going to stay and what was going to go. And so I quit the job and that still wasn't enough. So I sold the business and took a step back to figure out what I could do to like reprioritize myself in the uh, hierarchy of needs that were not being met. Mine, I was definitely at the very bottom. Mm. So after a little bit of exploring what should I do? Like in another moment of like, what should I do with my life? Um, an interesting thing happened that other small business owners and other people I met like in the entrepreneurial community of Richmond started to reach out and they're like, Hey, like you got that brand to be on the map, like very significantly, very quickly. Like, how did you do that? Can you come help me do that? And so after I helped like a couple friends, just because I was bored and I was like, yeah, I mean, I'll, teach you a little bit about PR, a little bit about marketing, a little bit about networking, a little bit about customer experience. And I was like, wait a minute, is that a job? Do people do this as a job? Do they like teach business owners how to do And then I was like, okay, this could be a job. And so um, I started consulting. And so I had like a handful of clients in some in the fitness space, but other just brick and mortar service-based businesses and helping them think through all of the stuff that as a founder, you don't always know what you're getting into. Um, I, my experience was operations for so long that when I first opened a business, like I knew how to run it. And that's not always the experience of first-time founders. They have an idea. They know that their solution solves a customer problem, but how to execute that is often something they're kind of figuring out along the way. And so that was the way that I was able to support other founders. And that kind of led me into just even more community building and recognizing like there's a need for these people to have support other than like hire a consultant. Like there are other people doing similar things, but they're not connected with each other. And, and so you're able to connect with these businesses and, and figure out how to give them uh, brand building with an operational background, which is just such an important skill co- combination of skill sets that people desperately need. Yeah, it was well, weird. I don't well, know how that happened. <laughs> well, being the kind of person that can connect them to anybody that they need to know in order to get the stuff done. Yeah. 
Right. And that is kind of always been like my way to solve a problem. I am a phone a friend type of person. Like I know some people like to fix things themselves. I'm like, no, no, no. I like to go in the Rolodex and I don't have an actual Rolodex. It's just in my mind. Um, (laughs) But that, that is how I approach problems. Like I am no expert. Essentially. I don't consider myself an expert in anything, but I know people that know how to do stuff. And so I essentially turned into this like, accidental connector and that was really valuable to the clients that I was serving and I started to get a little bit burnt out on the consulting piece of it just because I like get very emotionally invested in everybody's stuff and I know you're not supposed to do that but I don't know how to not do that so I'm like maybe I need to take a break from this consulting how can I make something of this like connecting like literally I don't care where you are in the world I can probably connect you with somebody that's going to give you a better insight on what you need than what I know personally. And that type of connecting people, it, it, it is a job. It you is, found a, that it job. is a job. I turned it into a job. <laughs> it's amazing. It's great. Yeah. Yes. No, it's cool. And you get to help a lot of people. Yeah. I mean, I was in this, um, mastermind yesterday which a mastermind is essentially like a group of people that get together and all brainstorm um on each other's businesses and one a person was asking me um well what do you want right now do you want more revenue or do you want more impact and for the first time in my life i was able to say revenue because i feel like the impact i'm making is exponential compared to where we were in the beginning so like i don't have that like but am I making things better like story in my head anymore? Like I know the value that we're providing for people in our community and who attend our programs. And so now I can look more strategically at the revenue piece of it of, okay, like how do we get this to essentially just operate better and be less, it's not emotional anymore. Like we know what we're doing is working. Now we just need to like fine tune the business side. That is so tremendously cool. And I want to know how to get into a mastermind. Is oh, yeah. Awesome? Yeah, that's great. I mean, I again, I'm lucky with this one that I just got invited because I know cool people. But, I mean, mastermind is, is an interesting thing because that is a very, like, entrepreneurial thing. It happens a lot in, like, digital marketing and, like, online businesses. But I see the value tremendously for people who aren't in those spaces. So... That's essentially what inspired our newest program, which is not really new anymore. We've been running it for two years, but our swell program, like that is what that is. So it's essentially peer mentoring. Like people don't realize how important that is. And like networking is great. Peer mentoring, whole nother level. And so how we do it is, and we literally just opened applications yesterday. So it's like very fresh in my mind. I got the email in my inbox. Yes. (laughs) You should apply. It's going to be great. Um, We, we have an assessment. It's very short questionnaire that we send the applicants. They send it back and it asks things about like your job satisfaction, your job autonomy, your role in your family, your role in supporting people inside of your office and outside of your office. So it takes a look at you like holistically and then, we match you with a peer group, essentially six other people that are in a similar situation. So like I found a lot of groups just try to match like, okay, if you're a VP, I'm just going to match you with other VPs. Well, like 
that's not actually how that works. And oftentimes you can get better insight if you're matching people from different industries and different experiences. And so that's what we do. So we match you with a group and then you meet with your group every month for 12 months. And the format is essentially you bring an opportunity to the table. Everybody gives you feedback on it and we go around and everyone does that. So it is a true peer exchange and it's all inspired by these masterminds that I've participated in in the entrepreneurial space because that's all we're doing. Like I'm bringing my problem. You're asking me questions to make me think about it more strategically. And then we all leave with better ideas. I, I, so I love that. Um, I actually have a personal experience with a, with a peer mentor group yeah. um, that we put together during the beginning of the, the pandemic. And I have very close relationship with with my my service based business is is based here in Richmond, and three other colleagues of mine that are very close with me now, um, they are also in service based business, but in really different areas. Like one is an accounting has an accounting firm, one has a pet services business, and one has a construction business. You know, and 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 mine is like consulting. Mm-hmm. So they're very different, but being able to lean on people who were close but not too close to the kinds of things that I was dealing with and could understand my perspectives was extremely important in helping me navigate the twists and turns of trying to deal with this past year. So I guess I've sort of been in something You're like in a mastermind. <laughs> you it. didn't even know. <laughs> um, yeah, it's super helpful. I think in our group, no one's ever really giving anybody advice, right? It's yeah. mostly just asking the right questions to get you to find clarity on what it is that you want to do. And I think that speaks to the type of people we attract to the program that like these women may not be coaches or consultants in their occupation, but like, that's what they're doing. Like that's how they're operating. That's how they're leading their teams. That's how they're growing their staff. And so it's really interesting to watch um, the groups come together. Oh my God. I love it. And that was born out of RebelCon. Yes. Yes. So for those people that don't know, what's RebelCon? Yeah. So RebelCon is our boutique conference um, started in 2017. And our original tagline is so bad that I'll tell you. It was a lifestyle design for entrepreneurial women, which like we put that on a t-shirt. I don't know what we were thinking. (laughs) Um, And my branding background, I like cringe, but you got to own it. But really the concept was, Like there's plenty of things, there's plenty of opportunities for you to learn hard skills, right? Learn accounting, learn bookkeeping, learn marketing, learn all of the tangible aspects of running a business or working in business. There's not really a whole lot of people talking about soft skills, like managing your energy and leading teams with empathy and vulnerability at work. And even on the lens of like, negotiation, like not the actual conversation of negotiation, but like, how do you get to a place where you're confident negotiating? And so confidence building, all those kind of things. And it's funny because in the before time, as I like to call pre-pandemic, people were like, I mean, those are nice to have, right? And now I feel like people are finally understanding how important those things are. And like the self-care buzzword is actually getting peeled back to like, what do people actually need? conversations about burnout and not like not being engaged. I mean, all of these challenges we've been solving since 2017, call me an OG. Um, But that was really the idea of like, we want to create a safe container for us to explore all of these like interpersonal things that are showing up for us in our work. And that was really the idea behind it. But then to layer on top of that, 
I wanted to hear from people that like you don't normally hear from. Yes. Because I've been to plenty of events where they have experts on stage telling you how they did something and you have to just figure it out or do exactly what I did, even though you do not have the resources or any of the same situational scenarios that I had. Um, I wanted women that were sharing real experiences. I wanted women that would be comfortable talking about failures, but not in a like hero journey way of like, well, one time I had this tiny failure, but then I succeeded and now I'm a multi-billionaire and me and Elon are flying to wherever. Not that. Uh, I wanted to hear from people that were also kind of like in the middle of figuring stuff out because I think often we only want to hear the message from those on the other side of challenge, but like you're never on the other side of all the challenges. So that was like the original idea. And so we had a hundred people show up to that first event. I was like, I will never do an event again because event planning is so hard. Um, but enough people were like, this was so different. This is, I left with more energy. Like I've never been to a conference where I'm not exhausted at the end. Like you got to do another one. And so we just kind of kept it going and kept going all the way. April, 2020 would have been our seventh in-person event um, but then things changed yeah let's talk about that wait after after a quick bit stuff to say that elizabeth is a event planner by by background yes and so you can probably relate to the whole like absolutely and, and i have to say going to that in the fall of 2018 was the first one that i went to and it to your point it it was incredible it was life-giving it was so beautifully timed out and the way that you guys set up at the event, the flow of the event, the ability to network. I mean, it was, it was incredible. Coming from an event planner, I appreciate that so much because there really is so much thought into the design and design meaning from the program to the way the tables are set up to the flow of where you're, you are when, and it's funny, we're planning our in-person event for this November. We had a site visit this week and like, oh my God, it's so exciting to think about like how people are going to move through the space and like, how am I going to hold them in this room so that they have to talk to each other? And like, how do we think about where this drink is going to be served? Because we want people to go on this side of the, it's just really, it's really cool to get in to really, we deep dive deep into like the psychology of human beings and how they're going to talk to each other in the most vulnerable way. I get super geeky about it. Um, so anyways, like knowing that about me, you can then know like how devastating it was when we had to cancel that April 2020 event. But, you know, early into before lockdown even happened, like we knew it was going to be canceled. And so we did pivot and we did produce um, two online conferences during the time that we were still in lockdown. And while I'm enormously proud of programs that we were able to bring online and we got the same kind of feedback of like this was so thoughtfully designed the way you thought about breaks and the flow of who was speaking when and where you put networking things like we went as intense as we could in the very short timeline that we had to like make that pivot um it's just not the same i mean everybody knows that i do have to say i attended that event as well virtually She's a real fan. <laughs> I'm, I'm pulling out all my secrets here. Um, it, it was incredibly designed. I was working at an agency locally and did not have a lot of space to be able to attend everything. And and the way you guys set it up to then also be able to, to access that content, not even just within that week, but weeks out from that was absolutely incredible. And, 
anybody that has not attended a RebelCon event, uh, I mean, the swag bag makes every event just <laughs> over the top. It's extraordinary. I mean, we try. I mean, and that, even that, like, we're so thoughtful about all the details of like the stuff that goes in the swag bag are all sourced by women-owned businesses that you've probably not heard of. And we try to find businesses that are established versus businesses that are just started to try to get new brands on the map. I mean, we really, really like dive so deep into what we're putting forth in the program. So, so yeah, so, so we did our best to make it work online. And like I said, I'm proud of what we did, but it's just not the same. And it was also really challenging to cut through the noise at that time because everyone, not everyone, but a lot of programming was going online. A lot of people were really absorbed into social media at the time when we were first at home. And I, I think I was disappointed that we didn't have the same engagement that we would have had at a live event because I, the program really was just the thing that I needed at that moment. And I wish that more people would have gotten to experience it because that happened in June of 2020, which as we all remember, was also a really challenging time and people's emotions were very high. People were feeling very just frustrated and didn't know what to do. And we had some incredible speakers that held the space and talked about the really difficult conversations about racial inequity and what was going on. And it, it just, it made me very proud to be able to produce it. My only regret was that more people couldn't participate. Is there any sort of ongoing record of that? There is not, um, mostly because of the speakers that we had worked with. You know, we got some really, really prominent voices um, to participate in those events. And our deal with them was that, like, we're not going to sell your content for years and years to come. But really, that is something to think about. I, I don't know that a lot of event planners do think about the intellectual property that their speakers are bringing to the table. It's not fair, honestly, to continue to sell that intellectual property, especially if you don't have agreement and approval in advance. You know, we did the due diligence of we knew we wanted it to be available to ticket holders for a certain period of time, and we negotiated that. But we were respectful of those creators and that this is what they do. The, most of them were volunteering their time to share it with our audience. And so we wanted to be respectful of that wow. boundary. Well, that's, that's, that's fantastic. And I can't wait to hear all about uh, the return to, to live that you were working on. So difficult. I'm sure that's really difficult. But I'm it's sure. tough, but you know what? Our team is so uh, resilient and we've realized like we can, turn things so quickly we've made the decision however at this point um rebel is a hybrid right we're doing programs online regularly we have a workshop today actually um we're, we do workshops online every month we are also are slowly bringing back in-person events small events um both here in richmond and our chapter in lancaster pennsylvania and um we're we're ready for whatever is going to happen we're moving forward to plan this conference in person. We've made the decision of if the recommendations from the CDC change or if the feedback from our community and their comfort level changes, it will be canceled. We're not going to try to make it virtual again. We're not going to try to essentially take what we do and recreate it online. We're just going to pause and regroup when it feels safe and comfortable to do so. And that actually gives a lot of freedom. I know a lot of people 
myself included, are having a hard time in this phase of the pandemic of just like, I don't know. Like, do I wear a mask? Do I not wear a mask? Am I, should I be with my friends? Should I not be with my friends? Like what, like there's so much unknown for us to just have this, like, this is our choice. We've decided it's happening or it's not happening. There's no in between. It gives all of us just a better opportunity to move forward knowing like, yeah, it it might all be shut down, but that's okay. We know that. And We've made all of our tickets refundable. We've given the opportunity for our speakers to cancel based on their comfort level as we get closer to the event. And I actually feel really good about that. Like, I want the people to be there that want to be there. I don't want to make someone feel like they have to choose, like, their safety over a social opportunity. Like, or an investment that they've made financially. Right. right. Like we're going to, we're going to, I've proven to myself that we will continue to exist because there were definitely points in 2020. I wasn't sure that was going to happen, but I've proven to ourselves that we're going to exist. So there will be a Rebellicon in person. I'm very hopeful and pretty confident it will happen in November, but if not, it will happen. That environment might also be more palatable to sponsors. What? I mean, I don't know. I don't know if you're Oh, like if we cancel or don't. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, we've actually had great engagement with our sponsors. I think because we offer other programming that supplements their sponsorships for this particular event, they're kind of all jazzed because a lot of what we, our sponsors are companies that employ women and want to keep them engaged and energized. And they realize that specifically women and mothers are absolutely depleted and exhausted right now so to give them an opportunity we're like we're not teaching you to go learn something tangible and you have to like bring it back to your desk and like immediately implement we're sending you somewhere to learn what you need to thrive going forward as things keep changing which they will continue to do speaking of that i'd love to hear a little bit more about you know the rest of your work life during the pandemic period, because you're working with businesses that obviously have very difficult changes to navigate as well. And, you know, you have based a lot of your career off of building a Rolodex that probably doesn't keep building as easily as you're not out there in the field, meeting as many people face to face. True and not true. I think um, What's been really great in how I've positioned myself in this role is like, I don't actually know anything. I just know people that know things. So as the pandemic was getting you know, more serious, or at least our understanding of like how long we would not be able to go back um, as that in anticipation and anxiety was happening, I could listen to my community members. Okay, what are your main things that you're struggling with? And then I can go find people that can help you with those things. And that's what we did essentially for the first six months of like, whatever you're stressed about, whatever you're struggling with. I mean, and we did everything. We did a plant care workshop as far as like how to take better care of your house plants. We did decluttering. We did, you know, the basic set up a home office. We did understanding your window of tolerance, which is like a very specific measurement of understanding like how much stress you can manage before you need a break. Like we did all kinds of programs and literally all of those were coming from my existing Rolodex of like, I just know people who know how to do this stuff. And I would say as a person who I actually do get a lot of enjoyment of meeting other people, I'm always building, even if I'm not necessarily like going to events or going to coffee, like 
I really don't do much of that anymore. I'm having people connected to me through my network of people. When they discover someone, this just happened last week. Another friend of mine met this woman who is a, she gives talks about it being an introvert at work and specifically a woman of color introvert at work. And she's like, you should connect with my friend Shannon because she would be really interested in this. And so I'm constantly having people sent to me that other friends or other connections or other resources are like, oh, you would think this person's interesting. So I talk about networking a lot. I actually teach a workshop on networking. And the idea of like you go to a place and exchange business cards, like that is one very antiquated, not super effective way to network. Not saying it's bad because I still like to do that. Um, But there's so many other ways to meet people that we don't think about as networking, but it absolutely is. I want to learn all about that. (laughs) (laughs) Networking for introverts. There's many, many tricks. Yes. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. Um, Kind of going back to RebelCon and the community that you've built with that, you have an incredible group of women that you're working together with. Um, is that, is that staff? Is that volunteer basis? Is that like, how does that come together? That's a great question. Um, so the team that works to put on the conference are mostly volunteers. I have in the past tried to give them money. They usually give it back. Um, I don't fault anyone if they did accept it when I handed them an envelope, cause I try to be sneaky and I just put it in your purse when you're not looking. Um, But yeah, most of those folks have been with me from the beginning and they're just so connected and passionate about the mission. They really enjoy the project. Everything is project-based. So at the end of every conference, we have a debrief of like, okay, what went well, what didn't? Then we take a break and then we come back and I basically ask the question again of like, do you want to do this again? Do you want to bail? Do you want to have a different role? And People have flowed in and out, and it's always an awesome experience, honestly. And I am connected with pretty much every person that's ever worked on our team. And pretty much any of those people could email me right now and be like, hey, Shannon, I need a favor. And obviously, I owe them, and I would be happy to. So I think I am always looking for ways to exchange value with those people. I think I have always wanted to like over give back because they bring to the table things that I just could not do on my own. And now I realize oftentimes like involvement in our project is a really valuable exchange because they get to flex muscles that they wouldn't flex. They get mm-hmm. to put this cool thing on their resume. Um, I will literally introduce them to anybody they want to meet ever. <laughs> um, and a lot of the people who work on the project are like my dear, dear friends at this point as well. So they also know like if they're done with me, they can just shut it down. And I like that. Um, but yeah, no, it's an amazing group of people who produce it. That's incredible. And like you said, I'm sure, you know, people are being sent your way, but as soon as you have somebody looking for a skill set of somebody that you've worked with closely like that, being able to oh, yeah. send people onto them. Once you're in my orbit, it's hard to get out. I don't really let people go easily. That's incredible. <laughs> I, I'm a huge advocate for that. My friends would say the same thing about me. <laughs> I will hunt you down and find uh, you. I'll find yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's incredible. So um, looking towards the end of the year, we've got the, uh, we've got the event that we are hopeful moves forward. Yeah. Um, we've got uh, continuing to be a connector around town. I'll try. 
and a, and a, and a builder of businesses and brands. Yes. yes. Yeah. Is there anything we haven't touched yeah. on? Yeah. Well, the swell program was my favorite thing. So that is continuing. Um, the other piece is, is the community. So the community is our version of a networking group. And like I said, it's hybrid now. So both online and offline, we've just dabbled in, um, bringing those programs back to life here in Richmond. And actually, it's been really fun because I feel even though it seemed like the world shut down and we've all been at home, man, there's some entrepreneurs who have been hustling behind the scenes and like finally the their things are coming to fruition. So we posted two in-person events um, at this point or three, but I want to plug the two businesses where we hosted. So Flourish Collective is a space downtown Richmond, and Stevie McFadden is the owner and founder. She also owns the building, which is badass. I'm sorry if I'm not allowed to curse. Go for it. Badass that she owns her building, and she's an interior designer. And so she had this vision for a space that was more of a collective, and it was showcasing the work of other makers and creators. So we had a panel, and she picked members of her collective. So we had a woman that makes wallpaper, a woman that makes wood furniture, like cabinets and tables, and a woman who designs planters and the greenery that goes in planters for businesses and uh, residents. And they all got to talk about what they did and like why they love what they do and what happens for them in COVID times. And it was so cool because not only were we at this like very cool woman owned business, but literally her business is promoting the businesses of other people. I'm like, couldn't be more perfect for our first event back. Um, and that was really cool. And then the other event we just had was at blue Atlas, which if you have not been to blue Atlas, you are missing out on the best outdoor dining in the city of Richmond. I wow. say that like, with a thousand percent that's a big statement it's huge it's a beautiful restaurant um in fulton hill and has the best view of the richmond city skyline a beautiful portico and big lawn um small indoor like it's not a big place so small indoor seating beautiful outdoor seating amazing wine selection um owned by a woman and Rachel Best is the chef and co-owner, and she is a vegetarian chef, um, but she, they do serve meat at her restaurant as well. I remember the first time I went there with a couple of girlfriends, we were walking out, and Jason Alley was walking in. And if you don't know who Jason Alley is, Jason Alley is basically the first, in my opinion, like famous Richmond chef. He owned Comfort and Pasture, yes. and he brought oh, all the stuff. dining folks to Richmond, and he was just there to have dinner. And I was like, if I didn't already love this meal, which I did, like that was enough to seal the deal for me that this place is on the map. So we had an opportunity to host an event there. And I literally got to interview the chef and owner about what it's like to open a restaurant in a pandemic and how it's been going, um, her life, because she co-owns that restaurant with her husband and she has a two-year-old son. And it's just, it was a fascinating conversation in an absolutely stunning place. And I was really excited that some folks that came to the event had been there before, but a lot of them hadn't heard of it because where are you getting dining news in COVID times? So, so that that's what we do. Um, we don't have our other in-person events on the calendar yet, but we're working towards it. And again, the goal is always like sharing the stories of exceptional women, highlighting really cool businesses and share with each other too, so that we can all recognize like you might own this beautiful restaurant in this awesome place and you're getting the chefs to come eat there but like 
that doesn't mean you're like skipping down the road every day, blissed out. Like every person has a challenge, even when they've reached a certain level of success. So, oh, that's so incredible. That's beautiful, yeah. I and I think that um, checking out Blue Atlas is probably the best homework we've ever received. Oh, from you a gotta go. <laughs> they have wine tastings on Wednesday night. Okay. This is our tip. Oh, that's lovely. <laughs> this has become like a really selfish thing for us. We're just getting tips for yeah. what we're going to be doing hey, that's okay for the next couple of Anytime. Yeah. Anytime. <laughs> Share the Richmond love. That's what this this is. Yeah. You know, tips. You said at the beginning that you are the type of person who knows all the best things, who can hype all yeah. the rest best things. Just true to form. I try. I try. <laughs> but if I if you think I don't know something, email it to me. Because that's the, that's the best way I learn about stuff. Okay. People tell me. Okay, well, we will, Send and our guests should as well. Yeah, if you have a challenge on the best outdoor Richmond dining, I will take the challenge. I don't think you're going to beat it. Um, we're going to start trying to find that. Well, if you're a fan of Texas barbecue, ZZQ is always on the top of my list. Also, love me some ZZQ. <laughs> we had an event there in the nice. before time, um, a panel titled Women in Food, and the owner of ZZQ was on it, Brittany Evans-Anderson, who's oh, yeah. our other famous yep. Richmond chef. Um, and some other just amazing women, women restaurateurs. There are a bunch of them in Richmond. So I, su- I support ZZQ for sure. Love it. Love your advocacy. Have been inspired by all that you shared here. It's been incredible. We are going to end on a really weird and hard question. Oh, great. <laughs> so um, you've died. Okay. And you're being given the chance to haunt anywhere you want in Richmond. What? is the place that you choose as your favorite place to haunt till the end of time? That is a weird question. <laughs> but I accept. I'm going to say the VMFA. Ooh, like, is that it. A, does everybody say that? Love it. I'm going to no. say the VMFA. Man, that place is so cool. And then I could see the new exhibits when they come in. Yes. And all. I, I think the reason why I love the VMFA so much, too, is like, obviously, that's an attraction if you're coming to Richmond as a tourist. But like, also, if you live here, like, you go there. Like, it's like the perfect mix of, like, yeah, if I live in Richmond, I'm coming here, too, and I'm taking ownership of it. Whereas there's a lot of destinations that are clearly for tourists and not for locals. Like, the VMFA is not that. So I will haunt the VMFA. Oh, my God. I love it. It is world class. We it's are amazing. so lucky for a mid-sized you know, city to have something that impeccably curated. The things that come here that they build are just mind blowing. They're incredible. I, I I agree with you. And no, everybody does it. They talk talk about wanting to haunt their own business or oh, something like that. I almost thought my house, but I was like, <laughs> no way, somebody else would live there and then it would be like uh, Beetlejuice. <laughs> so I'm I honestly I've never had to answer it myself, but I'm with you. Yeah. We'll end up haunting the same the same place. For the win. Okay. So I think the last thing, just to make sure people know how to find you, how to find, you know, what you're doing. Yeah. What are the best avenues to do that? So ready to rebel is our website, ready to rebel.com. And we spell rebel R E B E L L E and same handle on Instagram, ready to rebel. We also have rebel R V A. Um, best way to get information though is to get on our email list. So you should do that right now. Um, and we share all kinds of things, not just our own events, but other events that are going on in the city um, and just really cool people who you are going to want to learn about. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Shannon. Thank you. Appreciate Super you fun. letting me fangirl today. Oh, I love it. I'll take it. <laughs>
That's it for this week's episode of Partners in Change. A big shout out to our friends at Common House for providing us a space to bring this podcast to life. To Sonny Washburn for the killer music and to Adam Clark for the rad cover. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time, Richmond. This podcast has been brought to you by OpenEye. They are your partners in change.